Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, putting in new window, new door can be really exciting, but sometimes you can get a little flustered, don't even know where to begin. Let me help you out. You got a couple of directions you can go with Pella. First direction, you can schedule a free in-home consultation. That's right, free. You're going to be able to get a Pella expert out to sit down with you, look at your home, and they're going to be able to put together a Fred Hoiberg, Scott Frost-esque type of game plan for you that fits your budget, your wants, and your needs. That's one option. Or second option is you can head out to the showroom. The showroom's really cool. Sometimes it actually... Uh, It helps to actually see the window and see the door and feel it and open it and close it to get a better sense of what exactly you're going to be putting into your home. So that's the other direction you can go to get things started. Just know that any direction you go, Pella has a variety of products and they can 100% provide window and door solutions to any home. Give them a call. 402-493-1350. That's 493-1350. Or check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. All right, on the pod today, it's uh, it's a lot of just me and you because there's a handful of things I want I want to tackle, and you know, I haven't talked a ton about the coronavirus on this podcast, be- just because I'd, I'd imagine people want a balance of virus talk with no virus talk, and sometimes they want an escape, sometimes they want just sports, whatever. But there was some decent sized news that hit in the combination of sports and the pandemic, and I do have a few thoughts. So starting June 1st, college athletes have been given the okay to return to campus. So starting June 1st, you're going to see college football and college basketball players start to make their way back to campus, which is great news from the standpoint of hoping to have college football and college basketball season and have it start on time. This is going to have to be an incremental baby step type of process, and this was the first step. I mean, in order for the season to happen, you got to get these athletes back on campus to begin workouts and the process of navigating all this virus stuff. So this is good news, but how all this is going to ultimately look, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Now, I do subscribe to the school of thought that you've heard from some athletic directors that college campus right now is actually potentially a safer environment for the athletes. I can buy that. I really can. Rather than have the athletes unsupervised at home, working out at public gyms where the cleaning and strict adhering to guidelines is probably a little more lax, a little looser. Instead, you get the athletes in a more secure supervised environment on campus where they will be tested and monitored. I can totally buy how that's a safer environment for the athlete. But again, how all this is going to look once the season potentially gets going is still real, real, real cloudy. 
it's funny, you know, throughout the entire process, last month, month and a half, of hearing athletic directors and university presidents talk about navigating the season with the coronavirus, I still haven't heard a great answer to the question of what happens when a player tests positive. I still have yet to hear a great answer to that simple yet fundamental question. And you know what? Maybe that's because there isn't a great answer. I think the reality is this isn't going to be perfect. It can't be. Resuming life with the virus still out there is an imperfect situation. It just is. I think everyone is trying to balance the health and safety and containment of this virus with the harsh realities of a few things. Number one, needing to get back to normal in life. And sports are a part of that. And number two, the reality of just how much is at stake with having a college football and college basketball season. And by at stake, I mean financially. Whether we like it or not, the economic aspect is a part of all these conversations. It just is. And you know, I was thinking about this on a bike ride the other day, and I actually threw this out to Brian Curtis of The Ringer on a podcast I recorded with him a few weeks ago. But I'm 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 riding my bike, and I'm I got my four year old daughter on a trailer behind me, and I'm you know we're cruising around the city, and I, this is what I was thinking about. So. Sports are kind of positioned or categorized as a distraction or entertainment to people. But over the course of time, it's amazing how essential it's become for so many people, so many places, and so many things. So many livelihoods are tied to sports. And initially when the virus broke and we lost sports back in mid-March, it was kind of like, well, that's too bad. I enjoyed watching sports. I guess we don't have that distraction. It was like, darn it. I really liked filling out a March Madness bracket and watching the NCAA tournament. Shoot. It was almost thought of like losing a TV show like Family Guy or something. And you know, you're like, ah, crap. I like Peter Griffin. Too bad I don't have that. But the reality is it's way, way more than that. Meaning... If we don't have college football, it's financial Armageddon. It's Armageddon for certain athletic departments and even some entire universities. Some universities might have to close their doors if there isn't a college football season. Or even for a city like Lincoln, Nebraska, a good portion of downtown Lincoln is in big trouble if there isn't a Nebraska football season. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but lots of bars and restaurants and hotels 100% rely on seven home games to be played in Lincoln in the fall. I mean, you've already seen some sports like soccer or golf at certain universities fold, shut down. Two months into this thing, certain programs are shutting down already. Wow. So what's interesting is, Sports are positioned like it's a distraction from real life. But maybe sports and the games 
were actually really distracting us to just how financially leveraged so many people, so many places, so many businesses are to sports. And all that is coming to light with this pandemic and with the threat of losing college football. So to bring it all back, I'm at the point where regardless of the details, my thought is college football is going to happen because quite frankly, it has to happen. It just does. The tentacles of employment and money that sports provides is way more far-reaching than I think we all realized before all this hit. I mean, it's easy to just think about a game as being, you know, some time you kill, sit on the couch and watching it, right? It's bigger than that. And it's easy to think about sports and employment and just think about players and coaches. But it's way, way, way more than that. So this is a this is a brutal situation that all these college football and college basketball decision makers find themselves in. I don't envy their situation. And barring some massive breakthrough with a vaccine or treatment or testing in the next few months, the reality at play is there is no perfect scenario or perfect answer or perfect plan to how all this looks. There just isn't. Hey guys, quick break to talk to you guys about Pella windows and doors. And I want to make sure that you guys understand that Pella windows of Omaha and Lincoln, they're following CDC guidelines uh, during this coronavirus situation. They can safely serve any of your window and door needs in the showroom or in your home. All the employees at Pella and the customers are completing a COVID-19 questionnaire as provided by the CDC prior to entering the showroom, entering the office, and uh, any uh, potential customer's home. And all the employees are required to self-quarantine for a recommended 14 days if uh, that individual comes into contact with someone who's tested positive, if they traveled anywhere outside of the Omaha-Lincoln area. Bottom line, they are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that they are safe and you are safe so you can safely move forward with your window and door needs. And uh, on top of all that, as a result of all this stuff with the coronavirus, uh, Pella is offering temporary special financing options. They are now available. So man, now is the time to take advantage of these special rates and uh, put that value back into your home, and you have that peace of mind knowing that all the necessary safety uh, protocol and precautions have been uh, put into place by Pella, so you know the whole time you can feel safe. Give Pella a call, 402-493-1350, or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. So to to, to steal a sports cliche and a line from my guy Damon Benning, I'm preparing myself to be comfortable being uncomfortable with all this. In my opinion, if you're seeking a perfect plan that 100% provides safety and also provides sports as we know it, I just don't think that's happening. 
But I think what we are faced with now is combining those two things. Try to be as safe and as smart as possible and also have sports as we know it. And there is a small baby step type process in tackling all that bit by bit and getting the student athletes back on campus starting in June for workouts is the first step. And speaking of getting athletes back on campus in June, I will say this of all the power conference college basketball teams in the country. I think Nebraska basketball needs this time as much or more than anyone else. So in that regard, this is huge that Hoiberg can get his guys back in Lincoln, back on campus in the month of June. For the second straight year, it's a complete roster flip. Complete, complete overhaul. And I've had some people ask me about Hoiberg flipping the roster, doing it again, and hey, what what do I think about it? And my answer is, is it ideal? No. So naturally, I don't love it. But hell, I doubt Hoiberg loves it either. I don't think Hoiberg in a perfect world wants that much roster turnover each season, right? But listen, it had to happen. It had to happen. There is a non-negotiable level of raw talent that you got to have on your roster to compete and win in a conference like the Big Ten. And any way you slice it, Nebraska just didn't have enough talent. The talent level wasn't there last year at all. So a complete roster overhaul, overhaul had to happen. It did. And it's hard. You know, during the season... You're trying to be PC and trying to give players and a team a chance to flip it and get it heading in the right direction before you just kind of publicly, completely write them off, right? But I remember thinking this and having conversations with people in the sport in late November and either and even early December, in particular right after Nebraska got blown out by Creighton. I did that game on TV. And, you know, I had watched all, you know, studied them on film, watched all their games. You know, I mean, I, and I remember telling some people at the time, hey, man, Hoiberg's going to need to flip the roster again. Those guys aren't good enough. He needs a brand new team if he's going to win. I, I remember thinking that. I remember talking about it to a few people all the way back in late November and early December. It was, in my opinion, obvious then. And so I'm not surprised that it happened now, after the season. I'm not. It had to happen. Of the top nine guys in terms of minutes last year, only two are returning. Thor and Big Ivan. So again, it's a complete flip again. Complete. There's going to be Eight transfers, either D1 or JUCO, that could see the floor next year depending on what happens with a few waivers. 
That's a lot of that's a lot of new, right? But with that many new faces and that much of a roster flip, Nebraska needs this time as much or more than anyone else in college basketball. And I say that for two reasons. Chemistry and establishing standards. Basketball is a chemistry sport. And the only way to develop it is to play and be together, period. Chemistry can end up playing such a vital role in a team's success throughout the course of a year. Getting a feel for each other's games and what makes your teammate tick and where they like the ball and get used to how they move and cut and play is huge. And again, the only way to get that on-court chemistry is to play together. So these guys need to play as much basketball together as humanly possible to build that up. And then within that, something I thought was lacking last year for Hoiberg's group, beyond a lack of talent, was a foundation to lean on when adversity hit. I can't tell you how many times I talked to Coach Hoiberg last year in, in a handful of the games I called on Fox and on BTN and, and talking to him at shoot-arounds and all that stuff, and Hoiberg told me a, a, a four or five times. He'd say, Nick, we just have a hard time fighting it when it goes south in a game. He told me that all the time. Yeah, you know, when adversity hits, we have a hard time. We have a hard time. When, when things start to get away from us, we have a hard time getting it back. And he was 100% right. And listen, is part of that talent? Yes. Talent can cover up for quite a bit. But a big part of that inability to fight adversity was a lack of a foundation. That group just lacked shared experiences to lean back on, and they lacked an understanding of what it takes to win and compete at this level in the Big Ten, they were also new, not just to each other, but also high-level college basketball. I mean, you like I don't think they were also new to it that I just don't think they fully understood what it takes to have success at at the highest level in the sport, right? I mean, think about it. It was it was Kevin Cross, a freshman, Javay Green, Juco, Cam Mack, Juco, Deshaun Burke was a low major transfer. Like they, they just Big Ivan was a freshman. I mean, it's just hard. And all that goes back to a foundation. And I think the coaches did the best they could. And then the players, you know, unfortunately, players just don't know what they don't know. So to steal a lame cliche, it just kind of is what it is. But this group, I think can be different and has to be different. When you look at this roster, there is there is more raw talent. And you look at this roster, they have much more legit high division one power conference experience. And so they have an opportunity to use this time in the summer to establish a foundation for the season. The summer is 100% when basketball teams are made. 
It's when individuals make big strides, and it's when teams really come together. And with a brand new roster again, every single day in the weight room and playing pickup and playing two-on-two and playing one-on-one and playing three-on-three is huge for building chemistry and establishing that foundation. So the news of college basketball players being able to return to campus was big for everyone in the sport, but I don't think there's a team that it was bigger for than Nebraska basketball. All right, my thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about a new window or a new front door, now is the perfect time. Give Pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. We will see you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. Production.